are listening to the Devil's Talking Potters podcast for East Village Times. Coming to you from the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication, here are your hosts, Dominic Stern and Bobby Murphy. Welcome to Devil's Talking Padres. Padres were just swept and it was ugly against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Another rough series for the Padres offense and... They now find themselves just in a position where every game keeps getting more and more important as if they already weren't. I'm Dominic Stern, joined by Bobby Murphy, as always. Bobby, how are you? Dom, I'm doing good. Pretty disappointed after this series. Uh, don't really know what I expected. Did not expect to win this series, but it always sucks when you get swept by a division rival and shut out two of the three games. But underwhelming series, and it's, it's going to get harder from here, but it was a tough one. I My expectation for these series against these big teams just has been so low. And I mean, I didn't even expect it to be this bad. The offense just looked so non-existent. It's honestly pathetic, but Potters have given me no reason to believe other than this is what the current team is. And it's what it's going to be for the next three weeks, which just stinks. But Padres lost three, nothing in the opener, lost five to four in the second game, and then lost eight to nothing in the series finale. I mean, the offense was just so pathetic. The the four runs were all driven by Fernando Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado in game number two. Outside of that, no other player in the series got any RBIs. And in that one game where the Padres scored four runs, the batters outside of those two only recorded two hits. So it's just the offense is just lost. Davian Easley needs to be fired if the Padres want any chance of like, you know, sparking the offense. And Easley did such a good job with this lineup last year. I just don't know what happened. Like that the offense just is so different than what it was last year. Yeah, Dom, and even against going against these Dodgers pitchers, Urias, Bieler, and Scherzer, it's going to be tough anyways, but can't get shut out two out of three games. We out-hit them in the first game and still is not able to get anyone across. We'll get to the game more in a sec, but Dodgers' offense has just been atrocious. Pitching, I mean, the past month or two, month and a half, the pitching's been a strong part of the team, but when the offense is in a slump like this, especially in September, that's the worst time to have a slump. If it's earlier in the season, get get it fixed. You have a month or two to get hot. Padres, I mean, they have a few weeks left and they're running out of time if they want a playoff spot, which somehow they're still holding on to at this point. Yeah. If the season ended today, there'd be a game 163 between the Padres and the Reds, which would be awesome because that means there would be a game at Petco Park. But at the same time, I, I doubt there's going to be a game 163. I just don't know how the Reds of that schedule don't win more games than the, uh, than the Padres. So, with that being said, let's review these games one by one. Game one, the Padres, they didn't score any runs. They ended up out hitting the Dodgers, but only got six hits. Fernando had two of them. Frazier had two of them. Will Myers had the other one. And then Kim also got a hit. And it was just rough. Musgrove, quality start. That's all you can really ask for. Six innings, three runs on four hits and seven strikeouts. He was really good. And the Padres lineup let him down. He didn't deserve to get the loss, but... That's what happens when you score zero runs. One of your pitchers has got to get the loss, and it was Joe Musgrove. Julio Arias, after the Padres bashed him at Petco Park about two and a half months ago, he's he's had their number ever since then. He's done 12 scoreless innings against the Padres since then. So um, it was just another bad offensive performance, and any situations that the Padres found themselves in a good spot, they just couldn't capitalize. And Urias pitched an amazing game. He, he, he has now 17 wins on the season compared to only three losses, 2.98 ERA. And he's one of 
I mean, when there's a healthy Kershaw, he's one of the least talked about pitchers in the starting rotation. There's Kershaw, Bueller, Scherzer, and he could even be a number four on this team with numbers like that. That's absolutely insane. And it's scary come playoff time because they can just go four deep easily. But I mean, when you out hit the Dodgers and lose, it's going to be tough. Holding the Dodgers to three runs, I was totally fine with. Musgrove looks looks fine. I mean, he had just had one real blemish, and that was the home run he had to Muncie in the third inning. Chris Taylor hit a, got a sack fly to drive in the third run in the fourth, but from there on out, he was fine. Pierce Johnson, 13 pitches in the seventh. Adams, 11 in the in the eighth, and he, they both look fine, but 0 for fourth runs in scoring position. We left nine guys on base, only walked one time, but we just weren't able to get anything going, and six hits to the Dodgers four. I mean, it's disappointing that we have to lose a game like that out hitting the Dodgers, but when you can't score runs on this team, even if we allow three to them, it's going to be tough to win every time. Yeah. I mean, the offense is just so lost. And then when they're able to throw out Blake Trinan and Kenley Jansen out of the bullpen, there's very little they can do. You got to capitalize on the starter and the Potters just weren't able to do that. Just no hard contact at all. It was just rough. Game number two, however, it was significantly better on the offensive end, which it wasn't even good, but the Potters got eight hits in this game. Six of them coming from Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis, who each had three hits in this game. Awesome performance from them, but the rest of the lineup stunk. Tommy Pham got a hit, and then Eric Hosmer also got a hit. It was brutal. Uh, There were two times in this game, the sixth and the seventh inning, where the Padres got the leadoff man on second base and couldn't score him. And then in the eighth inning, it happened again, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, geez, is this going to happen again when Adam Frazier got hit by a pitch and then stole second base? Fortunately, Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr., basically the offense, were able to get him in. But after that, Eric Hosmer and Will Myers couldn't cash in on Tatis Jr. being the tying run on second base there. It was just rough. Chris Paddock, he actually pitched pretty well, but he made a couple of key mistakes that allowed him to be charged with foreign runs. And at the end of the day, that's all that really matters is that he allowed foreign runs. We know the Dodgers have hit him well, and you know the results say that that happened again in the third inning. He walked Cody Bellinger to lead off the inning. And then Gavin Lux, who isn't having a good season either also got a double down the line. And then Lux scored on a sack fly in that inning. And then in the fifth inning, he had Gavin Lux um, down. Oh, two Lux got a base hit. Then he walked Walker Buehler on four pitches with two outs. And then he got pulled because, you know, you need to get that final out and you know what Mookie Betts see Chris Paddock for the third time. But Mookie Betts swung at the first pitch and hit a home run. And at that point, you're basically thinking, well, the game's over because the Potters are down by three runs and not sure they could come back. They had a very winnable chance of getting this game. And this was definitely, you know, hey, if you take one out of three from the Dodgers, and especially considering what the Reds did this weekend, all of a sudden you hold a playoff spot and you're two games clear of the Cardinals as well instead of just one. Huge missed opportunity for the Potters in this game. And it's just frustrating because they absolutely outplayed the Dodgers. but. The Dodgers, they hit the ball when they needed to, and the the Potters didn't. They only had one at-bat with a runner in scoring position. They saw one pitch with a runner in scoring position the Dodgers did. Now one pitch was hit over the fence. It's unbelievable how well this Potters game was pitched, but it didn't matter. And for this game, again, Potters out hit the Dodgers. Eight hits to four. The biggest thing in this game, Muncie, Turner, Seager, and or Muncie, Trey Turner, Seager, and Justin Turner, the two through five hitters on the Dodgers, combined to go 0 for 12 and we still ended up losing the game. Like that's always gonna be tough. Like you said, Mets, like you said, Betts had the home run. 
one for one with runners in scoring position and it's the home run in the fifth inning. That's always going to be tough. But like you said, is Machado and Tatis. And that's really the only offense the Padres had in this game, but it was a tough one to lose. I mean, I thought we were going to come back late in the, late in the game, scored two in the eighth. And it was, I mean, it was a tough game. Going against Bueller is always going to be hard. He went seven innings, two runs, only five strikeouts, but 96 pitches. He was looking good. Our bullpen, I mean, I don't want to say it was great, but Stamina allowed a run. And then Hill and Hudson both went shutouts. Hudson struck out two of the three batters he faced, and he looked really good. But, I mean, Paddock, four and two-thirds, four and runs, three hits. I mean, that's not awful. It's not what I want to see from Paddock, but it's not the worst start ever. But, I mean, the Padres are... I mean, four runs is fine, but obviously you can play in the Dodgers. You're, you're going to need a lot more. And their bullpen training allowed two runs and only got one out. But then Kelly struck out two guys, and then Jansen came in and got the save on eight pitches. And I was hoping that with Jansen, and we've seen, I mean, Jansen and Moses down a lot of times. We hit him hard some other times, but down by one, I was really hoping that the Padres would just get one clutch on base. Two for 13th runners in scoring position for the San Diego Padres. It's for the San Diego Padres this game. And they're just absolutely horrendous to watch. It was ugly. It was definitely a game the Potters should have won, and it was the only game they really had a reasonable shot at winning. So uh, it sucks they let that slip away because knowing the Padres last year and the Potters are really the first half, they would have won that game. That team is far gone. In game number two, started by Blake Snell, and Blake Snell was only able to retire the first two batters. And then after that, he had an adductor strain, and the adductor, it's basically in the leg. I know that because I did a lot of adductor stretches as a physical therapy aid in my time uh, last summer. Sucks. Blake Snell been the only good thing about the Padres the past month. And for him to go down, that that stinks for this team. Emil Krizmat came in, did his job. He got six outs, two of them on strikeouts, didn't allow any runs. In comes Nelson Lamette, who has not looked very good out of the bullpen, ends up only recording two outs, and he allowed a run. Just sucks because that was all the Dodgers needed. They just needed one run in the fifth inning. They got another run uh, when Pierce Johnson allowed a home run to Mookie Betts once again. Mookie Betts is having a tear for the last month. Uh, he's just been really good, proving that he's truly one of the best players in baseball. And then the seventh inning, things fell apart. It got ugly really fast. Uh, Ryan Weathers, he only recorded one out in the inning after pitching a scoreless sixth inning. Weathers has done a good job out of the pen for an inning. And then after that, it's kind of fallen apart. I think that that's got to be his role for the next three weeks is just come in and throw an inning because we, we've seen Weathers. It's been ugly in the second half, but he did. he's done a good job both times coming out of the bullpen recently in the first inning. After that, it's gone downhill. Keep him in for one inning. Then Emilio Pagan comes in and he's had a rough go of it of late. Uh, he allowed three more hits and another three runs when Justin Turner hit a three-run home run, so not good for him. It's just been ugly. And then Austin Adams came in in the eighth, and it was even uglier. He hit three guys in the inning, which is just a nightmare because you, Wait, you feel Austin bad. Adams, guy, I've, not, I've never heard of that happen before. That's that's crazy. Yeah, it, it's been ugly for him. I, I don't know what's wrong with him. I mean, obviously, it's clearly mental because he was so good early on this year, but uh, – when a pitcher is on the mound and he's hit three batters at the inning, you know, I very rarely feel bad for the Dodgers, but you do feel bad for them because they don't know what, where the ball is going. And that's a very, very uncomfortable feeling at the plate. Uh, Padres lost this game, eight, nothing. 
only got one hit. They didn't really hit the ball hard either. It was just an Eric Hosmer double in the eighth inning. That was the only base runner they got on. And uh, Max Scherzer recorded his 3,000th strikeout of his career. Obviously, Max Scherzer is incredible. But since he's been acquired by the Dodgers at the trade deadline, he's been the best player. He's been the best pitcher in baseball. And that is extremely frustrating as a Potters fan, knowing that the Potters were supposedly close to getting him. And at one point, a lot of Potters fans thought that they had acquired Max Scherzer. You really just wonder what the second half of the season would look like had Max Scherzer been in a Potters uniform and not a Dodgers uniform. He was really good. I mean, I think he deserves a lot of credit for this game, but the Potters' bats were pathetic. And we didn't talk about Scherzer enough right now. You did, but perfect through seven. I mean, shout out to him for getting his 3,000 strikeout. Mad Max, one of my favorite pitchers in baseball. The intensity he plays with is awesome. Hate to see him in a Dodgers uniform. It's just so hard to go against him, and it's so tough as a Potters fan to watch, even though we are admiring the art of baseball. But when it's against us, it's just tough. Eight innings, one hit, which was hot, which is like you said, Hosmer, who I believe Scherzer struck out for his three thousandth, which is cool to see. Amazing career, but ninety two pitches in eight innings. I'm surprised they took him out honestly uh, after one hit, but no reason to have him keep him going too far. Really, if it, the game's six zero at the time, but like you said, Padres offense couldn't get literally anything going in except for one Hosmer at bat. But it was just a tough game to watch. Like you said. Betts has been on fire the past month, been one of the best players in baseball for the past month. Turner had three RBIs, only one hit, but he was able to drive in runs. Seager homered in the fourth, and then that seventh inning was tough to watch. Austin Adams set the MLB record for guys being in a season, and I think believe it's 24 or 25 batters in less than 50 innings. The record before that, I don't remember from, if I mentioned this last podcast, was like 23 batters in 200 innings, and that's just I'm, I'm flabbergasted about that number and how many guys Adams has hit. He needs to, we know how good his slider is and he just needs to get control of it. He got to, has to talk to the pitching coach, figure out what's going wrong and how to fix it. But main thing in this game, Paul just could not hit at all. And it's hard to watch even if they are against Max Scherzer. It's been ugly. It's been painful in watching Max Scherzer twice now complete the sweep against the Padres with just dominant outings makes it so much worse especially knowing how close he was to supposedly becoming a Padre. That's going to wrap up the series recap with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Only one more series against them. And it will be in the final week of the season. Just got to hope the Padres take one game in that series because every game matters. And at this point, you're just dreading facing that team because they're going to be world series favorites at this point. Let's preview this upcoming series against San Francisco Giants. It's the first time the Potters have played the Giants since early May, which is pretty astounding considering the fact that, you know, you face each team 19 times for a total of six series, but it's, it's been a long time. And uh, the two teams were at the top of baseball at the time. Now the Potters are no longer up there with the Giants, but uh, it's, it's frustrating knowing that, the Padres, you know, talent-wise on paper are much better, but the game's not played on paper. It's played on a baseball field, and the Giants have just frankly been so much better pitching and at the plate than the Padres have been all year. It's going to be a big four-game series on the mound. Darvish, Jake Arrieta, Joe Musgrove, and Chris Paddock for the San Diego Padres. You know, you wish Blake Snell was able to go in the series, but whether or not he'll even be able to go when he's scheduled to on Friday against St. Louis is up in the air. And for this series, I'm kind of dreading seeing Arietta pitch against the Giants, who coming into this coming into the season, 
looking at the schedule, looking at September, 10 games against them at the end of the season. I thought, hey, they'll be a third place team, probably out of the playoffs. Maybe just early season look at the schedule. Hey, we could win seven of these 10 games, make a late push, get Hog going into the playoffs. Now they're the best team in baseball. And uh, it's it's tough that we have to play them 10 times in the past few weeks of the season. So it's going to be tough. But Darvish pitching the, pitch the first game, his last few starts, he's not been amazing. But his last one against the Angels, six innings, three hits, one run. ZRA is now finally below four. Uh, he's just hovering around that after his start against the D-backs about a week and a half ago. But Darvish pitching the first game, hopefully he can stay hot in that one. But Arietta, his last start was solid. I mean, against the Astros, he allowed three runs, three hits, and five innings. And I said in the, in the last episode after the Astros one that I'll take that start from Arietta every time. And if he's just going to take up five innings, have bullpen go three, four innings, I'm fine with that if he's allowing three runs. Musgrove, I mean, his last start against the Dodgers on Friday, six innings, four hits, three runs. That's a, that's a quality start, and especially going against the Dodgers, I'll take that. Paddock, he got hit pretty hard against the Dodgers. Only three, I mean, only three hits, but walked two guys, three hits, and four and two-thirds. He's been looking really good at his two starts before that. Hopefully he can stay somewhat hot, but his ERA is 5.07 on the season, and I know he's coming off the injured list. He's had a few starts since he's been back, but hopefully he can stay warm and just do better than he did against the tough Dodgers lineup. It's going to be tough sledding for the Padres pitching staff. Uh, they'll be going up against Dominic Leone, Anthony DiScafani. Uh, no scheduled pitcher on Wednesday. It'll probably be a bullpen game for the Giants. And then Kevin Gosman on Thursday. Luckily, the Padres are avoiding Logan Webb, who's been one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. Going to be receiving Cy Young votes after basically coming into the season as like a four or five starter for a rotation that a lot of people pegged as being middle of the pack for a middle of the pack team. But it's been the best pitcher for the best team in baseball by record. So kind of wild. Luckily the Potters avoid him for this series. They're going to have their work cut out because Leon, he's had a solid season. He's definitely been their fifth guy. Discofani, he's been super impressive this year. Uh, Tony Disco, 3.33 ERA and 146 innings. And then Kevin Gosman, he's also going to receive Cy Young votes, 2.65 ERA and 170 innings with over 200 strikeouts. Uh, he finally broke out after being a big breakout candidate and the analytics community and whatnot. So sucks that he finally reached that potential with the Giants, especially the last two years. Podge can have the work cut out for them. Yeah, and Leon, he's been in the bullpen for pretty the entire season. He pitched two innings his last, his last appearance, but... 1.48 ERA on the season, 1.05 whip. He's been looking really good. He hasn't allowed an earned run since August 30th. So his last five appearances, he is not allowed an earned run. He's been looking really good. Strikeout numbers are solid. I mean, 40 strikeouts and 42 innings. Not a huge strikeout pitcher, but he does have an issue with, with command. He's walked 20 guys in 42 and two-thirds so far this year. So the quadrant can stay patient and... He's not going to go deep into the game at all. Probably go maybe two, possibly three innings, but Padres can stay patient. He has been having trouble with command a little bit. Hasn't walked a guy in his last three appearances, in his last four innings, as I should say, but he's had command issues on the season, so hopefully the Padres can stay patient and get to him early. Discofani, like you said, 3.33 ERA on the year. Got hit hard. It was at Coors in his last start. Seven hits, four and a third innings, but before that, against the Dodgers, he went six innings, two hits shutout. Walked three guys, only struck out five, but had a great start against the Dodgers and their extra inning win. And then, and Gossman, like you said, he was a Cy Young candidate early in the year and he will get some votes, but he's been still looking good his last few starts. 
three runs in six innings in his last start before that. Three runs in seven innings. He has a four ERA in his three starts this month, but in the month of August, he had a 3.16 ERA, and he, he hasn't had a losing decision since July 30th. They've won six of his last eight starts, and he's been looking really good recently. So tough, some tough guys out on the mound for the Giants this series, but if the Padres bats can somewhat come back, then they might be fine this series. Hopefully we can split. I know they're the best record in baseball right now, but split right here. I wouldn't complain about that, of course. I mean, I feel like a split with the best team in baseball at this point is very optimistic. This, this team, they're on, they're unreal. They're on their longest winning streak of the year at seven games, which I think is absolutely wild because they, they have such a good record. Just shows you how little they've lost. And when they lose, they, they pick it up right away and they win. So hopefully the Padres end the end the losing streak. I mean, that, that's my hope. I, I I at this point, you know, one game and then if you split, I think that's I think that's a good series. And then if you win it, that's exceptional because this is a series that, I mean, it's going to be really tough for the Padres to win. They have their two worst starting pitchers going out in this series. And then Darvish has been very bad on the road and Musgrove, you know, he's, he's had a lot of work taxed on him. So it's not going to be set up good for the Padres this series. And I have very low expectations. The Padres definitely need to avoid getting swept, but they got to take it one game at a time because the giants have been really good. And they're going to be good. And the 10 games that the Potters face them. Let's talk about the lineup for the Giants for a little bit. Catcher, they've got a really good catcher and they've got a very average catcher, I'd say. Uh, Buster Posey, he's definitely starting to come down just a little bit. Sometimes he flails a lot. I mean, he's a 34-year-old catcher. Doesn't always play a ton. He'll probably play two, maybe three out of the four games in this four-game series. Uh, I'd probably bank on two games. Having a good year, hitting over 300 at the catcher position with over a 500 slugging percentage, so that's really good from their from their sake. Brandon Belt having a really good year, 10% walk rate, 567 slugging. He's got an OPS of 933. That's just really good. Uh, Brandon Crawford having a career year, 514 slug. He's going to get MVP votes. He's been really good. Evan Longoria, he's finally back, 925 OPS. Steven Duggar, he's been solid. Mike Jastrzemski, he's starting to figure things out. Lamont Wade has been a really good utility guy for them, playing first and playing corner outfield. Darren Ruff, same thing, playing first, playing corner outfield. There's just not a lot of holes in this team. And then they also added Chris Bryant at the trade deadline, who's been very solid for the Cubs. He can play corner infield and corner outfield. It's just a good lineup. They're going to mix and match based on whoever is starting for the Padres. So the Padres are actually throwing four righties in the series. So you're going to see a lot of Duggar, Estremski, Wade, Belt. They're probably going to start all four games. And you might see Ruff come off the bench. Uh, you'll see maybe Bryant come off the bench. You'll see him start Listella at second base. They're just going to mix and match. And anytime the Padres go to a lefty, you're going to see them go to those righties off the bench. And this team is just so balanced in the lineup. They have 10 guys with double-digit home runs. The leader is Brandon Bell, 23. Yeah, Stremski, 22, and Crawford, 20. But for Crawford, uh, he did miss Sunday's game against the Cubs with the wrist injury. Uh, not sure yet if he's going to play in uh, the first game in this series on Monday, but his day-to-day, of course, we do always wish uh, that players are healthy, but Padres can also take advantage to it if he is out. He, Crawford's a fun guy to watch, but he is out. That could uh, be an advantage for the Padres. Stremski, 7.57 OPS this year, 57 RBIs. Not, I mean, last year he was a lot, 
I don't want to say a lot more fun. I mean, he has been fun to watch this year, but he kind of came out of nowhere last year. I don't want to say he's fallen off a little bit this year, but he had his batting average is 2.22 and an on-base percentage of only 3.07. Had better numbers last year, but he's still a guy to watch out for at the plate. Posey, he said, like you said, he's fallen off a little bit. Still hitting 300 this year, and he's been having a really good season. Longoria, always have to watch out for him. Chris Bryant, at their trade line acquisition has been pretty good for them so far, but it's a it's a tough tough lineup and they're just so balanced all around. There's some guys that are kind of just down there in the blue. Duggar, Alex Dickerson, ex Padre. We know him, of course. Wilmer, Wilmer Flores has been looking solid this season, but top to bottom, this is, this is a really good lineup. Yeah. And then with the bullpen for the Giants, it's a solid bullpen. They can get a little sketchy at times, but Jake McGee's been a fairly reliable closer, 2.76 ERA with 58 strikeouts and 58 innings. He's going to throw you a lot of fastballs. Tyler Rogers, he's the submarine guy. He's got the lowest release of a pitch in MLB history. 170 ERA in 69 innings. Doesn't get a lot of strikeouts, but it's a lot of slow contact. Or it's a lot of not hard contact. Harlan Garcia and Jose Alvarez are two really good left-handed arms for them, along with Caleb Baragar. They all got sub-3 ERAs. Zach Littell already with a 2.75 ERA. They just got a lot of guys out there. They're an unreal bullpen. They a lot of analytics, uh, looking at good fastballs, all that stuff. And it's worked out for them because their bullpen has been very solid. In the past few years, the Giants have had among the worst bullpen in the league for the past few seasons. So they've totally revamped it, revamped it this year. They've been looking a lot better. Like you said, Jake McGee, 31 saves on the year, 2.72 ERA, 0.91 whip. He's, of course, the closure of this team. Tyler Rogers, most of the setup man at eighth inning, he's been having a really good year so far, but this is a tough bullpen. And like we say in pretty much every episode for the Padres, just get, get to the pitchers early, try and work their bullpen. Cause if we can do that in a four game series, get through the starting pitchers early, that'd be huge to attack the bullpen. Yeah. It's you got to find a way, especially like set four game series, get into the bullpen early and it's going to be tough, but they're facing the worst starting pitcher of the Giants in the series in game number one. So it presents the best opportunity for that to happen. They just got to execute. And we haven't seen the Potters execute at all as of late. So like I said, I don't expect much in the series. You know, win one game. If you split, that's awesome. If you win the series, I mean, we're jumping up and down and thinking, hey, you know, go go take the series from the Cardinals as well. Then we're, then we're getting on a roll going back home. But not sure that's going to happen. You got anything else you want to add before we head out? Uh, I mean, obviously, just for this series, have to win, have to win at least one. I'm going to be disappointed if we don't split, of course. I mean, at this point, need to win as many games as possible. I know it's the Giants' best team in baseball. If we don't split, at least, I'm going to be disappointed. That is asking for a lot, of course, from this very cold Padres lineup. But win the series. Like you said, we jump up and down. Win one game, win two. We just got to win some games to, just to get a little bit of a roll. That Cardinals series next weekend will be huge. For the wild card standings, but take it game by game. And for this series, we just got to get to the bullpen quick and get through the starters because for a four game series, we got to keep our arms warm and get to theirs quick. It's going to be tough, but you know, the Potters, if they show up this week, split or win the series, and I think that's ideal. All right, that's going to wrap up this episode of Devil's Talking Padres. Thank you all for tuning in. It's been a rough go for the Padres. Uh, we've said that a lot lately, but it, it continued. Hopefully it gets better over these last three weeks. We thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to follow Bobby and I on Twitter. You can find me at DMster19. You can find Bobby at Bobby Murphy 2000 Hopefully the series against the Giants, 
you know, the Giants haven't faced the Potters in a long time. Hopefully the Potters can get the best of them. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Go Padres.